The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory, Glory to you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. He had a message for a girl promised in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. The girl's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Peace be with you. The Lord is with you and has greatly blessed you. Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's message, and she wondered what his word meant. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High God. The Lord will make him a king, as his ancestor David was, and he will be the king of the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, I am a virgin. How then can this be? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come down on you, and God's power will rest upon you. For this reason, the Holy Child will be called Son of God. Remember your relative Elizabeth. It is said that she cannot have children, but she herself is now six months pregnant, even though she is very old. For there is nothing that God cannot do. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's have a seat. Can I sit down too? I won't sit down. Now, before we start, can I ask, what did you hear? Because you were listening, right? What did you hear? What stands, what stays with you? We heard something that was very old, by the way, that first reading from Isaiah, 500 years or more before Jesus was born. Yeah. That the lady was really old and she was pregnant? That's right. Elizabeth, Mary's cousin. Yep. Good. That the angel told Mary that um, she's going to be the mother of God. Yes. Good. Good. Parents, what did you hear? Because I know you were listening. <laughs> we were definitely. Sorry? We were. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. Yeah. I saw it on your faces. <laughs> I mean, there were some names mentioned there that you wouldn't expect, like David, like Jacob like Ahaz. Who are these guys? Who are they? Why do they matter to the story? Can I tell you something? The church has this thing called the lectionary. I hope this is okay. I don't want to get too historical here. But the church has this thing called the lectionary. It's where we get our readings, right? Um, and we have, like today's a special feast day. So the church says, on this day, you ought to read this and this and this. That combination of things. It's, it's strange. Why? Why do we have to read Isaiah, of all things? Isaiah, one of these prophets. You know they call Isaiah the fifth evangelist, because you know the four Gospels, right? Who wrote the four Gospels? You? Yeah, just call it out. Matthew. Good. Well, like I said, Isaiah lived some, you know, 700 years before all of that happened, but he describes it so vividly that people say it's almost like he was standing there with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and watching the same stuff they were almost a millennia earlier. And he gives those beautiful prophecies. And Israel is waiting now. Why is it important that David is there? Well, David was Israel's first king, okay? Um, this is back when there were tribes and kingdoms and stuff like that. And God 
took Israel, uh, or rather God took the Hebrews, let's say, um, and he said, I set you apart. I love you, love me, and we'll be in relationship. We'll be, we'll be safe. You know, you'll enjoy what it is to have God as your friend. God is everyone's friend, but God invites us into deeper and deeper relationship with him. And Israel, the first thing they say is, hey God, give us a king. Every other nation has a king, we want a king. Now this is a little annoying, really, because Israel has been set apart to be unlike the other nations. So they should stop looking over the fence and saying, hey, they've got, you know, refrigerators and they've got this and they've got that. Give us some of those stuff. That's not, they're meant to be different. But anyway, they say, give us a king. So God says, I'll give you a king. And the king is this shepherd boy, this little fellow out in the field. Um, he's a nobody. These are the kind of people God picks, nobodies. Just little, little, little people, right? Little humble people. That's who God seems to like to work through. He doesn't pick the big muscly hero. He picks the, I don't know, the infant. You know? He picks the, the most fragile, precious, delicate things to work through. Anyway, he picks David, right? And he says to David, you will have an everlasting kingdom. Uh, my fable rests on you and your ants and your descendants. Now, if you fast forward, I know this is a lot of history, but if you fast forward about 200 years, 300 years, David's kingdom collapses, it breaks. Israel, which is a nation, breaks into 10 other nations. You've got 10 over there and two over here, and they're not, I mean, the kingdom is over, really. <laughs> it looks like it. It looks like, well, God, you said it last forever. It didn't last 300 years. But then Isaiah says, Ahaz, if you want a sign, God will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child. Has that ever happened before? You know, who's a mum who has a child that, you know, what is that, magic? What is that? <laughs> um, and even Mary's confused. She says, hey, like, I don't think this really adds up. <laughs> um, Joseph isn't even, you know, with me yet. Also, so who picked what colour socks they're wearing today? Or maybe you had to pick white. Who picked, um, I'm trying to think of something you picked. Who picked what you, yeah, who picked your hairbands today? <laughs> like you picked your own hairbands, right? Yeah, good, I choose, hope you did. You can choose from three, you get three options. Okay, <laughs> well that's good, that's good. Um, who picked what they had for breakfast today? Yeah, who has an animal? Who has a pet? Who picked the name of their pet? No, someone else in your family? Yeah, okay. Now, now put your hands down. Hands up if you picked your parents. Hands up if you picked who your mum and dad are. It didn't happen, did it? Because it doesn't really go that way. <laughs> That's back to front, it's impossible. But Jesus, who is God, picked Joseph and Mary from eternity, from way, way back at the dawn of creation. He said, yep. That's going to be my mom. That's going to be my dad. My foster father. Um, I'm going to grow up there. I'm going to travel all around that place. And then eventually I'm going to have to give my life, you know, for love of the whole world. <sighs> that ought to make our minds spin a little bit because it's, it's incredible, isn't it? And even us gathered here today is not unknown to that same Christ. He knows we're here. He knows we're gathered here because we're gathered in his name. Right? So you can kind of feel it. Like when someone touches my back, I can, I can feel it. I know someone's there. Well, we're members of his body. You know? So he feels our faith. 
He feels out gathering. He feels out presence. And he's delighted by that. In fact, Jesus desires that every single soul on the cosmos will be gathering for him. That he feel them. They feel him. That they become one body. Can you imagine that? It's a strange thing to imagine, isn't it? But that's Jesus' will. That's why we do this thing on the altar, by the way. Can someone tell me what we're about to do in a moment? Just describe it to me as, you, as you've observed before. You've been to Mass before, yeah? So what, what happens at the high point of Mass? That's the high point behind me. <laughs> Firstly, what materials do I use, you know? Do I get some bread? Thank you, whoever that was, brave person. Bread, good, and? Wine, okay, good. We've got the ball rolling. And what happens with it? Yeah. Yeah, you do, but something very, very important happens first. Because we're not just having a little picnic yet. We're doing something we're doing something very, very profound. Yeah, yeah. It does. That's a big claim, isn't it? That's a huge claim. You know it doesn't change materially. That means after the consecration, you can take the host and put it under the microscope. And it's still bread, materially. It's still bread. It's still like the anatomical makeup of bread, wheat and whatever else is in there. Um, and the wine is still materially wine. But what we're saying is at its very essence, you know, at the core of its being, it's now something else for us. Okay? It's no longer bread that's going to satisfy my stomach. It's Jesus. It's his very gift of self. And he comes not to satisfy my stomach. He comes to satisfy my heart, my soul, my mind, my, my infinite longing for love. He comes to satisfy all of that. Wine is a wonderful symbol. I think uh, some of us at least will agree. Because it bespeaks joy and celebration and, I don't know, relief. Which myself. But um, it's, it's, a wonder, it's a wonderful symbol. Um, and so Jesus says this is meant to do all those things, but not just from the stress of your week. It's meant to, it's meant to, I don't know, give you a taste of the eternal joy that we're all headed to, which is heaven, right? So on this altar, we touch upon heaven, materially, in the material of bread, in the material of wine. Big claims. Anyway, that's probably enough of that for now. Lastly, though. Today's the Annunciation of Mary, and it starts with Mary's yes, because God invites us. He doesn't force all this on us, but he invites us. He says, hey, do you want the life I have to give? And then there's this big pregnant silence, because he's waiting for an answer. Do you want this? You don't have to have it. Uh, you were made for it. I mean, it is, it is the fulfillment of all your longings, but do you want it? And then he waits. Mary was pretty quick to give an answer. I mean, she was confused. She said, how? But once God gave some kind of an explanation, she said, yeah, let it be done according to what you said. That's our prayer today. Let it be done, God, according to what you say. How does that sound? It's big, hey? Mm -hmm. It's big, which is, why, which is why we don't just go to one mass and then that's it forever. But we're constantly invited back to this table. We're constantly asked again and again, do you want that? Do you want more of it? Do you want to feel and experience more of it again and again? And hopefully our answer is always a deeper, deeper yes. Yes, let it be, as you said, according to your invitation. I'll say one last thing, actually, before we, before we pray, because today's a, 
I don't know if you know, but the Pope is praying a special prayer, um, which is called the, the Prayer of Consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, to the same Mary that we're celebrating today. Um, why? Because there's incredible unpeace, there's unrest, there's war, there's violence, there's fear, there's all sorts of pretty scary stuff going on. So the Pope says, we need to do something a bit radical here. Let's get the whole church to pray that Russia and Ukraine are kind of brought very, very close to the heart of Mary. Because Mary's heart says yes to God. That's why. Mary's heart says, let it be. I don't want to fight everyone. I don't want to, you know, have this kind of damaged world. I want fear and I want peace. Um, so let's just hold Ukraine and Russia in our prayers, as I'm sure we have been, because we can't not see it on the news. But in this moment, we'll hold it very intentionally, hey? How's that, mate?